You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and this is the Rob Review Podcast. I am joined today with Laura Rob. Laura, welcome. Happy to be here, and especially with our guest. Yes, we are really excited. Uh, Travis, you have come back to the Rob Review Podcast yet again to mm-hmm. do another podcast with us, and we very much appreciate that. We welcome Travis Crowder, and again, I want to remind our viewing audience, Travis is currently a 7th grade language, language arts teacher in North Carolina. Uh, Travis has also co-written the book Sparks in the Dark with our friend Todd Nisloni. That is available on Amazon.com and Laura and I recommend if you have not checked out Sparks in the Dark that you do so. Travis, welcome. Thank you so much. So today we're going to talk a little bit about grading, which is an exciting topic. It's a topic that Laura I know is particularly interested in and, and as I'm sure you are too, Travis. You know, I can reflect back to my grading when I was in middle school, which was very, very interesting. One of the ways that I was able to navigate middle school, and of course I painted the picture that this is middle school experience where I wasn't doing much reading, wasn't doing much writing, but I figured out that I could get good grades, Travis and Laura, I'm talking to you, if I would bring in things to my classroom to get extra credit. And so I was really, really good whenever mom would buy some tissues and at the grocery store, I would sneak them out of the house because I knew that in a couple of my classes, if I bring a box of tissues in, I get an extra 10 or 15 points on a test. And it was a very successful strategy for me as I navigated through middle school, but not one that I recommend. And mom, I know I've confessed that to you before, but that one I know particularly rubs you the wrong way. It does, because I was always buying tissues. Indeed you were, and now you know why you were buying so many boxes of tissues. So Travis, I am sure that you are not the type of teacher that if I was a student in your class, that if I bought bought a box of tissues and brought them into your classroom, that I would get 10 points on my my test within your class. You'd probably say thank you to me, because I think you're a really nice guy, but I don't think you would give me extra points. No, I wouldn't. I, I feel like practices like that really do help, and I say that with irony, perpetuate this idea that that grades are meaningless, that we seem to view grades as acts of compliance, that grades are equivalent to your level of compliance. So if you are turning in all of your assignments, if you've made sure that you're doing everything, if you're nice, if you're doing the things that you're supposed to, and you're going above and beyond and bringing in you know, tissues, um, you know, clearly Evan, the Kleenex thief, you're (laughs) making, you're, you know, getting the grade. And I feel like that is a destructive practice that just does nothing but further let students know that the grade that they get is equal to how much they're willing to just do what you say. You know, and I think one of the things that's important to point out is, although I I make make jest of the fact that I stole a lot of tissues from, uh, from Laura when I was a kid, my teachers were not necessarily doing that out of uh, you think that they were they were doing a bad thing. They thought they were doing a good thing. They thought they were being kind. They thought they were being compassionate. They were probably grading a lot either based off of how they experienced grading when when they were kids in school or based off of colleagues that were doing similar things. And what our message is is that we need to reflect. We need to reflect on our practice and make sure that we're doing things that make sense. And Travis, you bring up a really good point that uh, sometimes when grading becomes very much point-based, 
uh, it encourages compliance, it encourages uh, point, point chasing, um, and can discourage risk taking because students want to play it safe because they're more concerned about accumulation of points uh, than they are necessarily about a learning activity or taking chances with their learning. Absolutely, and I think all of us here agree that <clears throat> the grade doesn't tell you anything. It's the feedback that a teacher gives to a student. Just like a coach in a sport gives feedback, or if you're studying piano or violin, your teacher will give you feedback about your emotional experience. We need to give kids feedback so they can improve their learning, and the grade does nothing. You know, if you get a writing, um, uh, an essay back that says A plus terrific, that really doesn't inform the writer and let the writer know what did I do that um, you know really got this teacher so excited mm -hmm. that <clears throat> she gave me such a high grade. Uh, the other thing is that grading does get in the way of learning, especially in today's climate where uh, school districts now require that teachers post their grades weekly so parents can see them. That is actually the greatest act of compliance and perpetuating a practice that I think we've all agree mm -hmm. is questionable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, speaking to that, this, I, 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 and I, I, I think part of the reason I get so frustrated with this is because I played into that a little bit myself whenever I first started teaching. I felt that the best way to ensure success was to give grades, to put some form of numeric value beside of what students were doing. But in all honesty, that doesn't do anything for them. The only thing that does is if you give a student a grade, conversation stops at that point. It's almost as though that becomes the end result. They're not interested in, in you know beyond that because that's the grade. That's the grade that they've gotten. So on top of feedback, I'm going to add one more thing because I think feedback is so important, but I think reflection mm -hmm. is another piece of that as well. Students have to be given time, chance and time. And I often, whenever I think and I write, I, I think about it in terms of time and space. Students have to have time and space to think about, to look back at the work that they've accomplished, the growth that they've seen, to think where they were, where are they now, and see how they've changed. That is the greatest marker. Absolutely. Well, you know, one year, many, many moons ago, when I was teaching eighth grade, uh, I sent a letter home to parents saying that I wasn't going to give the students a grade that the principal said it was okay um, but i had to put a grade in uh, in the you know in the ledger so that when they went on there would be a grade but i would write narratives i would really yes. and the kids would also talk about it well i was literally attacked by a group of parents they came in they called me into the office uh, they said this will never happen we want to know our kids grade forget about the narratives what does that mean mm -hmm. Um, and, and actually what they were doing was relying only on their experience. Right. So here's another thing we need to do. If we're going to change things up, we need to have a vehicle for educating parents. Um, and I think with technology now, uh, we really can reach a lot of parents mm -hmm. on a school website. But we have to help them reflect mm -hmm. and think about where they were and where we hope they can Go. Well, you know, it's a really interesting point that uh, everyone, everyone has gone through school and who's an adult. And, and so because of that, they have their personal uh, points that they reflect on when they think back to their school. And sometimes 
they are good and sometimes they may not be that good. And so it becomes incumbent on educators today if we want to help change that, that thinking and, and help people understand things in a different way to educate them, to help people understand how things are different. You know, things such as total points, use of a zero, failure, um, extra credit. Those are things that need to be looked at as we move ahead and certainly as educators want to apply best practice to what's happening within their classrooms. Travis, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, within your classroom, can you talk to us a little bit about how students can maintain a sense of hope? Um, and I'll clarify that a little bit and say that in a very strict classroom, the grades that you make in the beginning of a marking period can mathematically um, hurt you at the end of the marking period, especially if, if you're giving a lot of zeros, even if a student masters the material. If a teacher is using averages within their classroom, they may still not be able to do well. So how do you bring some flexibility to your grade book as a teacher to make sure that kids have hope um, and that the, the grade that you give them at, at, the, at the end of the nine weeks or the end of the marking period is actually reflective of what they truly know? Well, that's a great question, and I'm going to answer that in two parts as succinctly as I possibly can. The first part of that is that my classroom is basically gradeless. The grade that students get um, the, or the grades that they get, especially the grade at the end of each marking period and at the end of the year, is a grade that we, the student and I, come to an agreement on. My students keep portfolios, both electronic and then we have a tangible portfolio that has work that, they, that shows their growth, especially as writers across the year. And whenever it gets to points in the year, we sit down you know, at the end of each nine weeks, and especially at the end of the year, and I have them to go through it and look at their work and see where were you, where are you now. And you know, th there is no way I feel I can put a number on that. I want them, that's why I invite them into that process. And what I'm looking for is growth. Have they changed as readers, writers, and thinkers across the year? For teachers who do use grades where students start off at the beginning and they may have some lower grades. My, my suggestion is that if you do that and students by the end of a marking period or are, you know, whenever grades are due, they are mastering the concept, you throw out those bad grades Absolutely. because those are going to hurt those students. They, if our point, and the, thing, the reason I say that, and I get very passionate about this, because if we're going to say that our, our goal is to help students master skills, to help them understand content, to analyze and to think through. If they have made it to that point, they are successful. Those grades should not be used, to, they should not be averaged. They're only hurting them. I, I couldn't agree more uh, because it's where the child has arrived. It's a journey and if they have taken that journey and constantly grown and improved, then that's the kind of learner they are at the end of nine weeks, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's a way of control and, uh, and it's a way of, of penalizing uh, students and getting compliance. Uh, it's also a way of not allowing somebody to, uh, to have a slow start or to have no start at all mm -hmm. right. um, and, and change. Um, it, it, it says, I don't believe in the power of change. Okay, so Travis, thank you very much. You know, it, sounds, it sounds to me, it's very clear that within your classroom, students have hope. 
Yes. Um, and hope is a very, very important thing for teachers to have in the classroom. Um, and I would certainly encourage all educators to instill hope in their classroom versus using grades as a mechanism of control and compliance. Um, it, you know, that kind of thinking will not spurn creativity and it has harmed kids um, in the past and, and, and probably continues to harm kids right now. Um, but we are certainly hopeful and optimistic that change is occurring and change will occur. This wraps up the Rob Review podcast. Thank all of our listeners for listening to our guest, Travis Crowder. Travis, thank you very much for being with us today. Yes, thank you again for having me. Laura, it is always a pleasure to do a podcast with you and to tackle the very few topics that you're passionate about because it's just a very small list. (laughs) Yes, that, that, that certainly is a joke. This is Evan Rob wrapping up the Rob Review podcast. We will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again, and see you next time.